Hi! Hi, everyone. All right, so today we're talking about sex. sex baby. That's why we wore the red lipstick. I was like, I'm putting on red lipstick. We're talking and about black. sex today. Well, you know, I was talking because Shannon and I said, well, I suggested this topic, and she said, she was so, so, what is this about? And I said, you know, I just feel like we've been so deep and really kind of heavy, heavy over the past, you know, mm-hmm. couple of sessions. And so I just really wanted us to talk about something maybe not as heavy, though the, some of these, some Although it's probably going to get a little heavy. can but, get a little heavy. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, you're talking intimacy and that can be, you know, something that can really make or break a relationship, yeah. make or break a marriage. So, um, so I, I wanted to start with um, the amount of sex because I feel like this is a question that a lot of people have in in a relationship. What's the normal amount? What's the right amount? Is there too much? Is there not enough? You know, if you're not having sex for two months, is that a, is Is that that a a bad sign? So I first have to say, for some reason, I feel like I'm 12 years old and I need to do like a (laughs) giddy laugh. Like, (laughs) okay, I got it out. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now I can be a professional again because I was feeling a really like, Oh my God, we're going to talk about sex life. Okay. I'm good. I'm better. So great question. So because I'm I'm sure you you get this a lot in your practice. I do. I do. And this is such a great question. I think every question we could talk about for 20 minutes. Right. So I'll try not to, but the amount of sex, the first thing I want to say is compatibility. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm all, I'm blown away. Sometimes people are like, Oh no, we have sex every day. I'm like, Okay, so that's not it. That's we don't need to work on that. And I'm thinking, oh my god, right? But some people when did they find the time? And some people are like really compatible that way, and they have it every other day, and they're both fine. And that's not even what they come in to talk about, or that's not even you know friends of mine. That's not even their issue. Okay, great. Um, I think really when you look at how often, there's two things I would look at. One is life stage. So much impacting life stage. When you see a newlywed couple, you're expecting more sex. Mm-hmm. When you see a couple with a one and a three-year-old, you're uh, not, you maybe. touch me, I'll kill you. <laughs> right, I'm right. so tired. And even couples that are great and so in love, they say things like, wow, what I would do to you if I could move my arms. You know, like <laughs> right. they're so exhausted. They're in the trenches. So it's really normal for sex to slow down when you have little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next stage that I see so often is menopausal women that are struggling yeah. with you know, some of the medical issues and lubrication and things like that. And that maybe they're gaining a ton of weight and they're not feeling sexy or they're feeling agitated, all the things that come with hormonal changes. And so I'm hearing a lot around that. that yeah. Um, also, um, for some reason, breast cancer pops into my mind. I think that sometimes, I think because I've seen people go through breast cancer and it affects the menopause situation, right. but a, a lot of hormonal stuff. So that's yeah. really kind of health issues, health right? issues, yeah. right? So you do see that there's less sex in those time frames right. when people are walking through those difficulties. But what if you're not in one of those time frames? Right. So, I mean, what like once a week is that average? I mean, or is again, there an I think average? I think that sex is about connection and safety. I think my favorite expression is everything is fine with sexuality until there's no sex, mm-hmm. and that's where we, we tend to see problems is that people are going 
six months, eight months, a year, two years, three but years. But that's not healthy, right? Well, I mean, it, even if both sides are saying or not really wanting it or not acting like they want it, isn't it not healthy to have I mean, sex it, for it, that long in a relationship? I think in my opinion, it's a, it's a breakdown in intimacy and connection. I right. think almost everyone in America would report that when they're intimate, they feel closer connected. and more connected. Mm -hmm. Men would certainly report that more than women because mm -hmm. for men, they tend to connect that way you know, right off the bat. Like, for example, you can see the differences between men and women when you look at a long-distance relationship. You're away from each other for, you know, a month or whatever, say someone's away at college or whatever. Come back together. The first thing the man, man wants, wants to do, do is have sex. <laughs> and the woman's like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, how was your week? You know, she wants to talk. And so for women, we connect emotionally and right. verbally, right? We want to talk and get to know. And then when we feel close to you, we want to have sex. Right. For men, men want to be physical. That makes them feel close. And then they, I don't know if they ever want to talk to us, but kidding. But th <laughs> you know, that's their connection. And then they're not distracted. And then they're really present for all the other stuff. So that's a real But what trick. if you're, what if you're in that where you're busy or you're tired or whatever, and your husband's like wanting to have sex all the time. I mean, how do you handle that? Because you feel pressure a lot of times. Right. You feel pressure to, to perform, you know? Right. So I think that um, one of the things that people really have to look at in coupleships is that there's a setup, and this mm -hmm. is the setup that causes damaging relationships with sexuality, is that one person wants it a lot, mm -hmm. the other person then begins to feel pressured. If you talk to any woman in America, the minute we feel pressure, we don't want to. Mm -hmm. So there's something about feeling like I have to, I'm expected, that makes women shut down, withdraw, and which of course then makes the man that's wanting more say, hey, what's, what's going on? What, now it's been a week, now it's been two weeks. So I really wanna shout out to all the men out there this is, please learn this, you know, understand this about women. Romance. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I did this on Fifty Shades of Grey um, when I was working, the, when I first started working with Channel 12, I came to it through Fifty Shades of Grey, right? It right? was one yes. of the ways. And one of the things I said that everybody in the studio made fun of me is women are crock pots, right? <laughs> and men are microwaves. When she gave me this analogy, because we did a story, I did a story I with did. her, and this was however many years ago. And um, when she gave me this analogy, it was like, wow, that is so perfect. All right, so explain why women are crock pots. So, so men are microwaves because, as you know, they don't need much. Yeah. You kind of walk past them and you're like, hey, you want? And they're like, yeah, no, God, let me, I'm not busy, you know? And so they can turn on very, very quickly, quickly. with a look, with a glance, with you walking by naked or touching. They're, they're ready to go. Women, we do not turn on and off like, like that. that. We build up slowly. So the crock pot is that you cook it all day. You simmer it all day long until it's really juicy and wonderful at the end of eight hours. Sorry, we're a little slow. <laughs> so for example, men, instead of kind of coming home and going, hey, and we're like, hey, oh. right? And we're not ready to turn right. on. If you text us at noon, hey, can't wait to get home. We don't have the kids tonight. Right. They're at a movie. What do you think we can get together? Now we're like, hmm. hmm. So then we kind of start simmering. So that's, you want to be romantic. You want to kind of start letting the person know, wow, I'm thinking about you so much today. I can't stop thinking about you. You're planting those seeds and then we will then water them. And then we're thinking, hmm, hmm. lingerie or what do I want to wear? Right. And then we get into that mode. And so over the course of the day, we're now on the same page with the man. Right. So that's... 
So now remind me of your question. No, the crock pot Old analogy. The crock pot analogy. Yeah, I mean you you did you explained it. So, oh, so basically we, were we need to pressure. simmer. Right. <laughs> so we were talking about pressure. Right. So now go back. So if you look at the crock pot analogy, you're in big trouble if you're walking in the room going, Hey, it's been three days. Do you think we can do this? We don't switch like yeah. that. So now you've already lost. And when women feel pressured, they shut down. So I think that the, we all have to, you know, really talk about in relationships, what does the sexuality mean? Because what's going to happen men is that women are going to feel, and I hate to say this, but it's just true. We're going to feel used, taken advantage. Oh, that's all you want me for. Gosh, right. it was just two days ago. You're pressuring me. I don't know why we go there, there but, but we, we do. do. Yeah. And so we need <laughs> we don't, you. We don't mean to. We don't to. mean to, but we really do. And right. so we need you to remind us, you know, it's the it's not what you say it's how you, you say, say it. it so we need you to remind us like to say things like i miss you right you know we haven't connected this week i know we've been busy with the kids being sick but i just miss you i miss holding you i miss being physical right. with you and we're like you miss me right. right but when you start looking at clocks and going you know it's been four days and mm -hmm. i'm getting kind of agitated you know, and, and also just you know complimenting you or doing something nice for you or or snuggling without having to feel that pressure of having sex every time right i mean i think that's important too because you know you don't want to have to like Give them a look and then all of a sudden it's like okay let's go <laughs> you know that's another common complaint is that women feel like and this is why you guys get shut down i hope there's a million men watching today we're giving you the answer <laughs> right. tune in right. so we don't want to feel like if i kiss you now we're in the bedroom right we don't want to feel like if i you know stroke your hair or come up behind you and hug you now it means something so what the woman needs for the men your growth opportunity is to touch her when you're not goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. Come up behind her and give her a kiss on the neck, put your arms around her, tell her she's beautiful, snuggle her in bed when you're not trying to have sex, and she'll be surprised, you know? Yeah. And, and we feel it, we have like alarms, we feel it. So when you're just holding us and that's it, it's like, what's going on? This is wonderful. Right. So if you're investing in that way, you're gonna actually find she's gonna now be coming more towards you because mm -hmm. she's now feeling more attraction to you because once the pressure's off, most, not all, but a lot of women are sexual. Yeah. But the minute that we feel pressured, we re it really is bad. Yeah, Carissa says making out is just as fun. That's yes. true. Yeah, it's so just true. like a makeout session. You don't have to have sex every single time. Okay, so let's flip. Let's flip it now. Okay. What if your partner doesn't ever want to have sex, um, and, and you had a healthy sex life, but all of a sudden, like nothing? I mean, do you want? Do you? I, you know, I mean, my brain would go to, first of all, is he having an affair? Um, or, you know, what happened in the relationship? Like, what? Well, something has happened, yeah. definitely. I think it would be natural to assume on both sides, is she having an affair? Is he having an affair? But I think that that is a therapeutic issue. That mm -hmm. is when you want to consider going to therapy. And a lot of times, sex is just the symptom. Right. The real issue is the resentments that have built up. The real issue is that I've gained 50 pounds and I don't feel sexy anymore, anymore and I don't want you to come near me. The real issue is medical problems. The real issue is exhaustion. There's all kinds of issues underneath. So first, maybe start with a regular therapist, a couples therapist. But I will tell you, as a couples therapist, there have been times where once I've gotten into the issues, I've realized this is actually a sex issue. Yeah. This is maybe trauma. This is maybe resentment in the sexuality that's been mm -hmm. on, going on for five years or whatever. So then there are certified... Um, 
I'm saying this wrong, certified sex addiction therapist, but there's Mm -hmm. also sex therapists. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of doctoral sex therapists or people that have their specialty in that. Mm -hmm. And so I will recommend somebody that is near and dear to me and she'll do that kind of work. So know that that's available. But if there's no sex, there's something going going on. on. And if you're not aware of what it is, please do see somebody. A lot of times people are aware that it's physical or medical or, Mm -hmm. you know, the resentment thing definitely is a therapeutic issue. If it's medical stuff, I think there just needs to be a lot of reassurance of each other and really talking about what are the other ways we can be intimate and close Mm -hmm. because that is a very real phenomenon for a lot of folks, especially, you know, I know I've heard so many stories about menopause and like, this is painful for me. So that's Mm -hmm. not a fun experience and it's not necessarily forever, but there's timeframes. So talking about, you know, taking a bath together, you know, doing massages together, doing intimate behaviors that are not exactly sex or not exactly the act that's painful so that you can stay connected. So be talking about it. You know, I you know I've had some girlfriends that have talked to me about, and they're they're dating, and then they say the guy doesn't really want to have sex in the beginning, and and is that a normal thing? Because I feel like in the beginning, like if a guy's not wanting to have sex with you, I mean they've been let's say they've been dating for three months or something, and at that point, you feel like the guy should want to have sex with you. Well, there's, so there's usually two things that I see with that. One is religious. Um, you know, some people are very, their value system or their religion and they're very, very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they want more of a commitment. And so I, I could certainly understand that again. Hopefully mm-hmm. you're talking about that and letting the other person know, hey, I'm going to get here, but mm-hmm. I need more time to feel safe. So that makes sense to me. The other issue is that we see that a lot of times we have performance anxiety issues, mm-hmm. you know, um, and also sexual abuse survivors. People that have had mm-hmm. trauma around sexuality, they're going to be on the very, very slow track, yeah. you know, because I don't. I don't want to be triggered. I don't know what you're going to say or do. I don't want to go back to old trauma. So you see that with sexual abuse survivors, certainly. But I see that with performance anxiety, this fear that, you know what? They're not going to... I'm not going to satisfy you Mm -hmm. and my head is spinning and then I'm going to lose my erection and then, oh my God, then then you're never going to call me again. So I think when you have people who have performance anxiety issues, they're going to wait... They're going to be like, when this girl loves me, <laughs> right, then like we'll when sex. she cannot walk away <laughs> right. so that if I fail in my eyes right. and things don't work out, she'll be like, whatever, I yeah. love you. Like, we're good. Not right. a problem. And we can work through it. It's not really, think about it. It's not the sexiest in the first month or two to be like, oh yeah, no, my equipment doesn't, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> Always a Always work. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's so right. much shame around that. And just so you know, guys, it's so common. It is that common. That is so common. And also medication. So it's again, this is like 20s, 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. 50s. So when men are on medication, a lot of times medication causes, causes problems. problems. And again, it's so embarrassing. So do you really want to explain on the, you know, fifth date, like, well, I'm on, you know, whatever you know whatever that blood pressure medication i'm on the blood pressure medication so things don't it's like so uncomfortable so a lot of times people just wait wait yeah so those are issues you should be talking about exactly okay let's talk about fantasies (laughs) because okay I feel like with like everyone has fantasies, right? I this mean, was her idea. Men and women have that. fantasies. Everyone has fantasies, but I feel like men always want to take it to reality. Yes. So why is that? And how do you how do you address that? How do you deal with it in a relationship? But if you care for someone and want to be with them, you want to make them happy, and yeah. you know you want to step outside your box maybe sometimes. But I mean. But you better step outside that box. Um, 
Well, she's, she's stumping me. So I think that fantasies are normal and to be able to, t I think the purpose of fantasy is to kind of spice things Create. up and to right. talk about fantasies. But like you said, talking about the fantasy can heighten the connection, mm. but not necessarily doing that fantasy. actual fantasy. Right. Um, so I think it's important to be truthful and to be, take care of yourself and to honor yourself because I think what happens a lot of times in a lot of marriages, even long-term is people believe, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose this person right. or they're going to cheat. And that is a heck of a way to live life. Yeah. Like that's a terrified way to live life and you're not going to be able to have the intimacy that you really want. So I think um, a good rule of thumb for this is even in the beginning relationship, start talking about your boundaries, you know, start talking about, you know what, I'm open-minded to this, but this is something I'm never going to be comfortable with. And you need to know that because if we're going to be together long-term, I don't want to worry that that's something that you're going to need and that I'm not going to be able to provide. So I think communication is really important there, but please don't sacrifice yourself you or are, violate yeah. your, cause that's what it ends up feeling like is you end up feeling violated mm -hmm. when you're doing things you don't want to do. And then that's going to be lead to resentment. And then that's a setup for affairs. Even yeah. On the opposite side, like the woman who's like giving in is going to be like, I'd rather just go feel loved over here. This right. doesn't feel good. So that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not shaming anyone for having those fantasies and all of that and talking about it, but to be able to set boundaries and just saying, listen, I'm you know I'm not comfortable with never that. wrapping in saran wrap. It's not going to happen. <laughs> wow, is that one of your fantasies? <laughs> no. I think I've heard it somewhere and it always was like, what? That's amazing. Yeah, Wrapping in saran wrap. Not doing it. That. Okay, let's, uh, okay, so sex in, uh, let's say you're just starting out in a relationship. Mm -hmm. what, what's a good amount of time to wait before you have sex with someone? Like, what's a good indicator of whether or not you're ready to move to that level? Oh my gosh, I really think... One of the things as a therapist that I do Is there don't a time do, frame? You know what? That's what I'm saying. One of the right. things I don't do, I've learned through my own therapy, mm -hmm. the therapist that says to me, you need to do this for six months. I'm like, right. that ain't happening. So I really think this is a personal decision. Right. because Here's the rule of thumb. Checking out, being present with how you're going to feel because yeah. that's what it's about is, you know what? If you want to sleep with a person on the first date, that's your prerogative. It's a really about aligning with your value system. When mm -hmm. someone walks in my office, I don't care what they choose to do, but I don't want them to violate their own value system mm -hmm. and then hate themselves and beat Later. themselves up. So that's what you kind of have to check out. If I'm with this person on the first date, am I going to feel, am I going to label myself? I'm a slut. I'm a whore. I'm a bad person. Am I going to put myself down or am I, you know what? I'm, as long as I protect myself, I'm comfortable with whatever I do. And if I end up marrying this person, fine. You have to live within your own boundaries and your own value system. I don't want anybody to wake up the next day and say, what did I do? I feel bad about myself. So you really want to be mindful. How am I feeling right now? How am I going to feel tomorrow if I do this? And pause and, you know, check that out. And some people have rules, you know, some, some people are like, I don't do anything for three months or not before the fifth date. I mean, I hear so many different rules and everybody's got a rule. Just don't violate your own rule. Right. Really be true to yourself. Don't let somebody kind of bully you or talk you out of what you believe mm -hmm. and what your values are. That's where I really see people get depressed and and feel badly and yeah. low self-esteem and all of it. So speaking of that, um, honoring your value system, how do you pass that on to your children? You know, I have a daughter, she's now 12, and I just, you know, I try as often to talk to her about this yeah. kind of stuff, but you know, I really feel like I just want her to really understand, you know, how much she should value herself. And that's hard to teach oh. a 12 year old. 
you know? Uh, it's hard to learn at 40. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've got so lots true. of people, you know, it's I mean, so myself true. included. It yeah. took me years to be like, I'm valuable. I'm worth it. I'm yeah. worth it. There's a new song out right now by Daniel, Danielle Bradbury called Worth It. And it is just, uh, make it your anthem. It's such a cool song. It's a country song. But it's just talking about, like, this is what I require. Yeah. I'm worth it. So I think that you, you know, this is going to sound like such a silly answer. But my daughter... Um, who I didn't give an alert on this and I'm feeling uh -oh. guilty right now. Um, but one of the things that she has said that has been, that I believed and I knew cognitively, but I was winging it, you right. know, because she was 12 at one point and I didn't know. Role modeling. Yeah. Role modeling self-love. Role modeling, you know, saying things around your kids like, no, I, I'm not going to tolerate that. That's not okay. I would never let anybody treat me like that. Right. You're not going to allow them to treat you like that, are you? Mm -hmm. You're so special. I certainly hope you know mm -hmm. that you, you know, this is your body and you don't ever have to let anybody treat you like that. You know, this is you set your own values. But role modeling it for young girls is the mm -hmm. most important, important thing. That whole, you know, do as I say but not as I do it's really the truth. You can't be saying to your kids, like as a cigarette's hanging out of your mouth, you couldn't smoke, it's a bad thing. Right. I mean, you can say it, but the st statistics gonna... are gonna show that they're gonna do what they see because mm -hmm. you're role modeling. So really role modeling, self-care, valuing yourself, you know, saying things like we women, mm -hmm. you know, we women, we, no, you make him wait, you know, this right. is special and your body's sacred and like sending those messages and role modeling that. Yeah. You know? What are, you, what are your... What are some of the issues that pop up with with sex? Glenn um, says both of you are worth time, treatment, and respect. Aww, That's so thanks, sweet. Glenn. Thank you. <laughs> um, and all women are. Yeah. I mean, all women all are. All people are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I didn't hear your question. You were saying I was just saying about is there any other issues that pop up that you can think of that you see a lot um, surrounding yes. sex? Yes. Yes. I want to say this. So. So okay. With anything, we could be talking about alcohol, food, you know, any kind of Addiction. something that feels good. Yeah. Anything that feels good can become an addiction. Addiction. And so this is what I want to caution men that for you, I'm kind of giving you the secrets. We're giving you the secrets on like how women, you know, crack pots and all that mm -hmm. fun stuff. But one of the things to check yourself on when we're talking about pressure mm -hmm. is it's one thing to say, you know, hey, it's been four weeks. I miss you. You know, I'm lonely. And to communicate that. But if you are a guy who is having sex three times a week, twice a week, and the third time's coming up, you're like, wow, it's been two days. And you're starting to feel like, you know what? Starting to feel agitated. When I have sex, I feel better. You know, I'm really needing this. You know, I work really hard and it's really a release for me. If you're starting to feel like you need it and that then the person who's not providing it is now your source of frustration. Mm -hmm. Come on, Suzanne. Like, you know, you know I need this to feel better. Mm -hmm. Now you're looking at, at the very least, I don't want to call it an addiction because sex addiction is huge. Mm -hmm. I want to call it medicating. Yeah. Like if, because I will tell you, as a food medicator, mm -hmm. and, as a gentle, medicator. <laughs> and as a wine medicator, if Suzanne walks into the restaurant and she's craving her red wine, or if I walk into the restaurant and I'm craving my shrimp on the Barbie mm -hmm. and you don't have it, I am agitated. Yeah. And that's how I know that I use food to medicate. It's not just like, okay, okay, whatever. I'll just look and see what else. It's like, what do you mean you don't have shrimp on the Barbie? No, no. I'm having shrimp on the Barbie. I'm right. having a, right. a filet mignon. What do you mean you don't have that? So when you start getting angry at the, the other, other person, person because they are your provider of your drug, of your medication, of your thing that soothes you, 
what I would like you to begin to look at, and you know, women can be this too, Same so I don't too, mean to yeah. pick on men, but if you are feeling like you need this for your medication, to stop and say, now what are some other ways I can soothe myself? Mm -hmm. This partner is not interested right now. I'm not gonna sit here and pressure them or guilt them. I'm gonna say, now what do I need to do to soothe myself? This mm -hmm. is my responsibility to soothe myself. So I think that can become a real issue where the person yeah. is getting soothing and the other person's feeling pressure, like I have to be your Perform. soother. Yeah. And then they feel guilty and they feel bad and then they feel angry and resentful. Mm -hmm. So really do look at intimacy is a way to connect. It's a beautiful way to, to share love and, and it's fun and it feels good, but nobody's it needs, required. It needs to feel good for both parties. For both parties. Yeah. It's not a it's not a requirement. You know, what about like porn? I mean, what's your take oh, on that? Gosh, wow. <laughs> I mean, because this porn can really topic. be used for I mean for for kind of spicing up your sex life if both of you agree to it. But I mean it, it, it I feel like it there is a slippery slope there. I ha I will warn you. <laughs> I have some very strong opinions yes. on this. And okay. this and I will tell you, I'll be I'm going to be honest with the world. So, I had a situation once in my life where I was became curious as a therapist. I'm I'm not a prude, but I'm kind of a little bit sheltered and I didn't have a lot of cases like, you know, that had involved porn or anything like that. So one day I kind of woke up and I was like, what's the big deal with this? Like, why is everybody talking about this? I said, I don't even know really what porn is. I mean, I knew what it was, but I'm not sitting around watching it. So I don't really You're not, know. Shannon. not. I, got, I had kids like I'm busy. I don't have time for porn. So I said to myself as a, a scientist, as a person who's, you know, studying people, I'm like, what is this about? So I went to my computer. Okay. So I put in, you know, just missionary, no big deal, right. just sex, sex right. you know, and I watched for maybe 10 minutes and it was nothing scary, nothing over the top. Okay, click another button, watch for a couple minutes. All right, nothing that I haven't seen before, you know, right. on movies, whatever. Clicked another button, I, 20 minutes, I invested 20 minutes. Let me tell you something. I left there, my brain provided the images that I saw every day. I counted for 20 days. 14 to 20 days, my brain, I'd be just driving to the grocery store. I'd be like, whoa, I'm like, whoa, okay, wow, okay, yeah, I remember wow. that. My brain kept sending, sending me the image and every time, and then you know what else my brain said to me? I didn't say this, but my brain said this to me. Well, you, you should probably watch something more intense because you just watched Missionary whatever, so you should probably, my brain wanted more, more. stimulation. This was and then what I think is you start to think that's normal. So what happens is the unsuspecting, not a therapist, not doing it from a scientific perspective, does what? Aligns with yeah. that. Okay. So they go home, they put it on for the next day, and the porn is so addictive because my brain, one time, 20 minutes, 14 to 21 days, it kept giving it to me. So okay. now imagine if I do it every day. So here's what happens. My brain gets addicted very quickly, and now what I'm watching, my brain's getting a little bored. My brain got mm -hmm. bored on round one. Hey, you need to really look at the yeah. real stuff. You need to look Ramp at the real stuff. Right. That's exactly what your brain's gonna do. So now you're watching two women, three women, you know, five monkeys and a cougar. <laughs> you know, like, so now, Whipped cream's involved. Like now you're watching <laughs> scary stuff. Did you just go to animals? I did. <laughs> I went to animal. So now you're watching scary stuff. Now pause. Imagine this. You're watching every day. 
on the 30th day you're watching outlandish stuff and then your beautiful wife right. Suzanne walks in I mean face it guys she's beautiful but come on does she have she's monkeys and stuff. like <laughs> right. chocolate sauce like right. I don't think so so now your wife you're not getting an erection your brain is like oh, hmm. it's right. not stimulated so porn is devastating marriages because the man or whoever's watching the porn could be the woman is fantasizing while they're with their partner and their partner's trying to make eye contact and they can see that they are not there they are in the fantasy they're in the video they're imagining what they saw they're trying to get excited enough to even be able to show up with their partner so research this google this i'm not making this stuff up porn has made a devastating impact on relationships people's ability to be sexual people's ability to be excited by each other now some people will say they do it once in a while they spice up the relationship it doesn't bother them and I believe that mm -hmm. but I know for my brain which I don't think is all that uncharacteristic mm -hmm. of other people's brains it got hooked triggered. very quickly it got triggered very quickly and maybe it was the newness of it and maybe I could have over time balanced that but I think that there's a real issue to be careful of. And if you are someone who's doing porn every day, every week, whatever, and you are not attracted to your spouse recently, and you're like, I don't, you know, she's gained a little bit of weight. I just, I'm not, you're being affected by porn. The other yeah. thing about porn is the images are ridiculous. ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, unless I starve myself for five years, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna look like that ever right right so so I think what do you important. do if you have a spouse or a partner who's doing that a get lot? him this research it yeah. is documented I am not making this up there are th there are male therapists out there that absolutely will teach men you are gonna destroy your relationship with this and they will explain everything I just said there is research on it time magazine last year the cover of time magazine said this is the first um, generation of boys that will be impotent because our boys are growing up with porn at yeah. 11 and 12 and 13. On and YouTube so, and all, yes, all over. Yes, yeah. so Interesting. I find sex boring and I think that's why I've stayed single, single for so long. Have, haven't found it to be exciting, could be the partners I've had or just me. I'm gonna say something outlandish here, but um, it could be the partners, it could be that you know, you're not opening up or you're not like you know, open emotionally to it, so it might be something to kind of work on. The other thing is sexuality is on a continuum. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we assume that we're heterosexual. We assume that, you know, this is the person that turns me on. This is the person that I'm attracted to. And I know I've had people in my lifetime that have not been aware that they kind of just grew up thinking like, oh, I like boys. I like boys. I like boys. I like boys. And they're bored. And they're like, okay, right. when is this going to be done? They don't get twizzles in their stomach. And then somehow they fall into a situation where they're close to a female or they end up kissing a and they're like, Oh, wow. wow, this is where, so, you know, sexuality is on a continuum and sometimes people are not all the way here, all the way heterosexual or all the way like they're clear, I'm gay, I know it. There are people that can be in the middle. right in the middle yeah. or there, you know, or there are people that do not know, you know, I went through this with one of the dearest friends I have in my whole world. She did not know till she was 20 something and was like a bit surprised by it all, yeah. you know, she just assumed. And now I'm so proud of her. She's a lesbian woman and she has, you know, children and she's living a wonderful life, but she literally didn't know. So yeah. I, I have to say as a therapist, as a friend, I've heard that I'm bored. 
I don't get that swing in my stomach. I don't mm -hmm. get that excitement. And sometimes that's what it is. I also want to be respectful to millennials and my daughter, they have all these new categories like, oh no, mom, she's asexual. She doesn't have that. And I'm like, right. okay, I didn't learn that right. in school. But there are, they're all different types of um, categories of how people respond. So definitely, you know, consider talking to a therapist about what it might, might be some emotional stuff that's keeping you guarded. Yeah. No. You know, the other thing, um, Delana, she goes, no, I do like men. <laughs> okay. But it might be, but it might be emotional stuff that keeps you guarded. Yeah. I just wanted to and share that for thing, lots of other people too. The other thing is, um, you know, comfort. I feel like you know, sex has always been boring for me unless I'm with someone that I'm completely comfortable, comfortable with. Safety, and then it's safety. exciting. And then it can be, you know, something that I'm really enjoying. But, right. you know, it's hard for a lot of people to get past that. Yeah. Um, you know, it can be a little robotic until you get with a person that you really feel comfortable with. I 100% agree. That's why I say when you're in a marriage or whatever and you're having trouble with sexuality, get to a counselor because it's about safety and it's about the other issues going on. And when people feel safe, they tend to feel sexy and sexual. Mm -hmm. um, Joni's saying, I feel that men over 50 are highly addicted to porn, sex, and strip clubs. They live a secret life and come home to their families after maybe picking up hookers or whatever. And I, I would never make a generalized statement that all or whatever but we are seeing this whole secret life thing a lot mm -hmm. in the my internet field. I mean it's just so much yes. so much more accessible accessible so yes. much more accessible. yeah I mean come on when I was 20 you couldn't just swipe and meet somebody you had to like yeah. really meet them hi and you know go talk to them and you know well it highlights it everything you know the good and the bad you know yes. my I remember my brother when we were younger he would go in the top of my dad's closet and get his playboys and put them under his bed and read them and I'd be like oh yes, <laughs> you know yes. and I totally remember that but he when he was young he was probably like seven or eight wow you know I mean Hot, you gotta hide your stuff better <laughs> dad's dad really <laughs> yeah Suzanne's dad <laughs> right well now it's just, they don't need to go in the top of dad's closet they just go on it's the computer so accessible so you so what you're highlighting Joni is that what Time Magazine was saying like we're we're, we're having a lot more addiction because people are accessible and, and who's going to tell a nine-year-old that what feels so good is bad. bad good luck with that you right. know so it's really about blocking their phones and kind of protecting them and mm -hmm. I gotta be honest with my kids I said from day one my take was you have a choice you not that I would condone it mm -hmm. or make it available but you can sneak and go and do but you are hurting you you Right. And what you need to know is you will destroy your ability to be intimate with your wife, your ability to enjoy sexuality when it's age appropriate, when you're 20 years old or whatever, you are destroying that option. I think when you have a 14, 15 year old kid, they can hear you, they'll roll their eyes, they'll walk away, but be saying that, be saying, hey, you know what, fine, do that. Read this article though, because this is what's gonna happen to you. These are the problems that are coming down the pike that you're gonna have to work on and fix and that will prevent you from having the life that you're hoping to have with maybe a wife and kids and not lying and not going underground. So I think it's really important to let them know I'm not telling you, you know, I'm not being the boss of you until I'm telling you this because it hurts you. Yeah. You know, same as I don't want you to do it's drugs. It's a very interesting it take. It's a very interesting take because yeah, um, you know, you, you can only imagine that that's kind of the path that, that we're going down with a lot of these. Ooh. Yeah. It is. But I got to tell so, you when I tell people, they, they hear me, they're like, wow, 
you're right, I am not as interested, or you know, people can see that, people can hear this, you know, this yeah. is not, I don't feel like it's a lost cause. No, it's not, it's not. Um, so if you guys have um, any comments, obviously leave them on the bottom of the screen and we'll try to get back to you. Mm -hmm. um, if this is bringing up something that you're experiencing in your life, um, just know that the best um, next step is to contact someone who you think who can help you. Um, yeah. Contact a therapist. Um, um, go see someone that, that maybe deals with this kind of thing if you know someone or if you're dealing with sex addiction or anything like that. And just know that there are very um, specific, specific, like there are people that are certified sex addiction therapists. Mm -hmm. There are um, people that are, you know, have their doctorate in sex therapy for couples. Mm -hmm. there, um, there are trauma specialists if you've been sexually abused yes. and you're finding that you're shutting down and you're not enjoying intimacy because it's triggering you. Mm -hmm. So please take the time to do the research to find the person that's right for you. And you're, if you're feeling like your spouse is, um, there's a conversation you need to have over mm -hmm. sex, do it. Do it yeah, tonight because definitely. communication is the key in these kind of issues. Um, all right. Thank you all for watching What Your Friends Won't Tell You. If you, um, We would be honored if yes. you would share our video and yes. like our page and make sure you tell your friends yes. what your friends won't tell you. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, we day. hope this was um, enlightening yes. and have a great day. Bye. Take care. Bye.